Greetings, friends around the world. This is Dr. Bob Teal for the Bible Prophecy Channel. Gambling. Is gambling a sin? Is it okay to gamble? What about gambling? Now, the gambling industry is a big industry. Millions, if not billions, of people gamble. Is it just harmless fun? What is it anyway? Well, as you know, gambling is basically when you uh, put some money down in order to try to increase it through some something usually called a game of chance. Uh, the gambling industry likes to call itself the gaming industry. They focus on, they publicly focus on it being entertainment. Uh, it's true that it can be entertaining, but a lot of what people do when they gamble are actually they're just trying to, to gain. Uh, they're trying to get something for nothing, but not all the time. I'd like to tell uh, an unusual story. This involved my wife and I. This is our first uh, trip outside the United States. We were in the Netherlands in the 1980s. And we had gone to a, a small restaurant to have lunch. And while we, we'd ordered our food, while waiting for our food, we saw this type of a game. And it kind of was like a pinball game or a video game or some kind of like a combination. It looked unusual. We didn't know what it was, uh, but we thought, well, we're in a foreign country. We ought to uh, check out the local entertainment. And it cost something like uh, 25 cents U.S., a quarter of a dollar. Um, and we were, at the time, the, the Dutch were not using euros, but whatever it is. So we put in whatever the coin was. And we started to play this thing. And we didn't quite know what we were doing. And there was a man sitting next to us, because there were two of these games. And he didn't really speak good English, but we finally understood he was telling us we were winning. And it's like, okay, we're just playing a game, our scores are going up. Well, apparently we were winning money, <laughs> uh, which we didn't know. Because uh, we were just, we just thought, okay, we'll, we'll spend a quarter to try some kind of a game while we're in the Netherlands. And we ended up uh, making about as much money as our uh, inexpensive lunch. So why do I tell you that? Uh, that truly was gaming, uh, as opposed to, uh, to gambling. And so, yeah, it was, for us, it, that certainly was harmless fun. But gambling is not always harmless fun. Often it's sin. Now, what is sin? You take your Bibles. Uh, you can go to 1 John chapter 3. I'm going to read two translations of 1 John 3, verse 4. The first one's from the uh, New King James Version. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. So we see that this has something to do, sin has something to do with lawlessness. Let's read the Old King James translation of this, 1 John 3, verse 4. Whosoever commits sin transgresses also the law, for sin is a transgression of the law. So sin is tied in with breaking the law or transgression of law. Well, what law? Well, we're talking about the Ten Commandments. And a tenth of which has to do with covetousness. Covetousness, yes. Wanting things that you're not supposed to want or to have things that aren't yours. So if you go to the book of Exodus, chapter 20, verse 17, let's read what it says. Exodus 20, verse 17. You should not covet your neighbor's house. You should not covet your neighbor's wife, nor his male servant, nor his female servant, nor his ox, or his donkey, or anything that's your neighbor's. Now some are going to say, well, this is directed about taking things that are my neighbor's. Obviously, I'm not supposed to go over and take my neighbor's house or his wife or something my neighbor has. But the Bible teaches more than that. And Jesus specifically taught more than that. If you go to the book of Luke, chapter 12, I'm going to read verse 15. Luke 12, 15, here's what Jesus said. 
Take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. Well, many gamblers apparently think that their life will consist of the abundance of things they are hoping to grab or possess. You say, but yeah, don't you go to work and produce? Yes, when I go to work, I do produce something. But when you're gambling, you're not really producing anything, you're hoping to take. Now you might produce, it's a pastime, and you might be producing some entertainment, maybe, maybe not, um, but you're not actually producing anything good for anybody else. And as far as sin and covetousness, let's see what the Apostle Paul wrote. We're going to go to Romans 7, verse 7. Romans 7, verse 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would have not known sin except through the law. For I would have not known covetousness unless the law had said, You shall not covet. Now, covetousness can be a big problem that many people do not realize. Um, I read an article that said a while ago there was a prominent clergyman. He wrote all his years of listening to confessions. He had not heard the sin of coveting being confessed. And, you know, the Ten Commandments, that's certainly one of them. Now, the English word covet in our Bibles translated from seven different words that illustrate different forms of coveting. Uh, that which is not ours, uh, dishonest gain, overvaluing the physical, wanting more and more, obsessive desire, etc. But this is, this is wrong. And a lot of stuff associated with gamblers and gambling is wrong. Now, the, the late Herbert Armstrong related some of his encounters with gambling. I'd like to talk about this. He's talking to his family. And he says, all mom cared about was card games. She played card games and bingo five or six nights a week. She even used the money that Len and I made working after school. Then Leonard added, that when she got mad, she'd curse at us, tell us we're just in the way. If it wasn't for us, she'd be free to have a good time. The boys described the professional card games where her mother was addicted. She would pay 50 cents or a dollar for a seat at the table, play cards until she's either broke or intoxicated with winnings which she would take back and lose the next night. You know, that's one thing about gambling, incidentally. He says, I don't know or not, but there's this article, owner of a big gambling house in Reno, biggest one uh, in the U.S. at the time, and he says gambling is legal there. But anyway, this gambling house owner said he wants to answer a question. Do we cheat, or is it straight, or is it crooked at our gambling house? He says, no, we don't have to cheat. This is what the owner of the casino says. It's absolutely straight. And that's the truth in these gambling houses. They don't have to cheat, not at all. It's fixed in a certain way. For instance, the roulette tables and things that sort. By law of averages, it's fixed. The house is going to get a certain percentage, break on it, and profit. Uh, because a lot of people are going to keep doing it, and the odds are it's going to happen. And they don't have to cheat. They don't have to do any crooked of the sort because they've got so much money because of human nature. He says, but then it goes even further. He says, a man will come in and gamble and it gets into his blood. He begins to win a little bit. He wants to win more. And he can't stop. He can't stop when he's ahead because he, he keeps thinking he's going to keep going. And he's got to win more, just a little bit more, and then he'll quit. Then sometimes he gets a little more when he'll quit and then he'll, he gets ready to quit and he starts to lose. Well, if he loses a little bit, he keeps going to try to win back what he already lost. And it goes on and on and continues until he's broke. Now, it's true that every time everybody gambles, they don't lose every single time. But historically or traditionally, typically, that's what happens. 
and this is just just basically the way the way it goes. Well, anyway, I was telling you the stories about uh, about different ones. He says he says her Armstrong says I've heard a lot of people go to Reno or Las Vegas to gamble. They make the trip once or twice a year. They set aside a certain amount of money. They say it's a pleasure and they enjoy it. They go there for a certain allowance, a certain amount of money, and they know they're going to lose it. And so they it feels their way of spending money for pleasure. But they keep on going till, or until they're behind the money they, they've got. They come, now people go there, but what fun they get out of this, Herb Armstrong says, I can't see it. You know, some people can dope them in. He says they start out with marijuana and then they go into heroin. And he's held gambling was sort of along this, this, this line. And a lot of people, he says, just can't control it and they, they shouldn't be involved in it. Years ago, I used to have to go to Las Vegas uh, once or twice a year on business. And one time we got a really good deal uh, over at the MGM Grand Hotel. In addition to the room rate that we'd gotten, we got a really good deal on their uh, dinner buffet. At the time, our, we had four of us in our family, and because of the ages, etc., the entire buffet, not each, but for the, for the four of us, was $12.50, which was a really good deal. Well, the line was a little bit long, and I remember pointing to our children. I said, see those people at the, at the slot machines? He said, yeah. He said, you know what they're doing? And they're like, no. I said, they're paying for our meal. He says, no, they're not paying for a meal because you're going to pay for it. I said, yeah, but how much food we're going to eat and how much it's going to cost the MGM, they're losing money on us. I said, this is where they're making, making all their money. In terms of uh, gambling, you know, who loses the most? Well, whoever plays the most. But internationally... Uh, a study came out that said number one losers are in Australia, followed by Singapore, Finland, fourth is New Zealand, five is U.S., six was Italy, seven Ireland, eight Norway, nine Canada, ten Sweden, eleven were Britain. Uh, the Australians lost a thousand dollars per adult in 2013, whereas the Brits lost just under 400 U.S. per adult. I found it interesting that the Anglo-Saxon American nations were six of the biggest 11 losers of gamblers in the world. Uh, I'd like to read something from the 1983 edition of the Old Plain Truth magazine. It says, commenting on the state of the nation, Australian teacher, writer, and critic Bill Broderick is quoted in Time, September 22, 1980, saying of modern Australia, God is dead. Only in sport, gambling, and sex is there hope for salvation. Nothing can shake the country of this cynicism except some catastrophe on a national scale. Then the Plain Truth article quotes Hosea 5.14. For I'll make Ephraim as a lion, I, even I, I will tear and go away, I will take him away, and none shall rescue him. Placing confidence in gambling is wrong. Uh, the way the uh, odds are stacked, again, except for perhaps uh, blackjack or something else like that, you're pretty much guaranteed to lose. Well, what about lotteries? Well, lotteries are worse. I remember growing up uh, understanding how a horse tr track works. When you go to a racetrack, by the way, and bet, it's called paramutual betting. They take all the money that all the people bet, and they give back around either, either 84 or 86% or 83%, somewhere in that range. The rest of the money goes to the government, as well as to the track to pay for the prizes, etc. And the odds are all based on that. So the racetrack never loses money. You're always taking money from some of your neighbors who are betting against you. But when you buy lottery tickets, it's even worse. Typically, in the United States, when you put a lottery ticket, they only give back 50 cents on the dollar, 
whereas uh, horse trees, the horse track is somewhere between 80 and 86 cents on the dollar, and slot machines are somewhere probably between 80 and 98 cents on the dollar, depending on which machines. But either way, they're all designed to make sure that the house always, always wins. What about lotteries for raising money? Well, I consider lotteries to be a tax on the poor. I also consider lotteries a disincentive. I've known a lot of uh, lower income people who feel that they can't better their lives, so they might as well just spend a dollar or something on a lottery ticket. Well, this is wrong. This is bad for society. They should be trying to improve their lives and not hope, be hopeful for this. I'm questioning for society if lotteries actually provide more revenue to the government or actually less because of the disincentives that they provide to people because people come up with an excuse to not go ahead and do what they should do. Now, does this mean all gambling uh, has to lead to sin? No. Sometimes it's only minor entertainment. But it has a tendency to lead to covetousness, which is sin. And for most people, it's best to be avoided most or all the time. Now, in uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 13, I'd like to read something that Jesus taught his followers to pray. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We are not to lead ourselves into temptation. We all have strengths and weaknesses. What might tempt some may not tempt another. Like I say, I was not tempted to lose all of our money uh, waiting in line at the MGM Grand for a buffet. A gambling could negatively affect your uh, financial standard of living. It can become an obsession. And if it leads to covetousness or sin, then obviously it should be avoided. That's what the Bible teaches. This is Dr. Bob Teal for the Bible's Prophecy Channel.